Today is a different type of episode. Today is a different pivot for us all. On November 13th, 2022, there was a shooting on the campus of the University of Virginia. Three people lost their lives, Lavelle Davis, Devin Chandler, and Deshaun Perry. The shooter was apprehended shortly after. His name was Christopher Jones Jr. Someone who wasn't mentioned a ton in that was Michael Hollins, a friend of my son's, someone I've known since he was 13 years old. He was also shot. He was a survivor. Michael Hollins is gonna tell his story today for the first time, truly through and through. We are honored as a show, myself, Fred Taylor, Channing Crowder, are truly blessed to have this opportunity and this platform to give him the space to share his thoughts. We will be as respectful as possible. We will show as much love as possible. And to all those families who are dealing with the loss of loved ones, our prayers, our thoughts will forever be with you. Tragedies like this touch entire communities, entire universities, entire cultures, entire worlds. It's part of the pivot world. And so we are excited to bring you this and we hope we do it justice. Here's the show. Hold up. Limitless. Take a stomach cap, pinning it. I father here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, got me up. On the mission, got me up. Knowing me, I got the key. On the vision, I can trust. Trust. Limitless. Take a stomach cap, pinning it. I father here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, got me up. On the mission, got me up. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the pivot. Um, I'm RC. This is Chan. Freddie T. Uh, we have an extremely special guest tonight. Uh, my nephew, Michael Hollins, University of Virginia student athlete, running back, um, also a, a part of a extremely tragic night at the University of Virginia where we lost three young brothers. Uh, Mike was also shot. Uh, he's now on his way back and dealing with what you have to go through emotionally when you lose friends, people that are close to you, the, the tragedy and the trauma of all the things that happened that night. This is not about putting anybody in a bad place. This is not about spreading negativity about a story. This is talking about someone's ability to persevere through adversity. The things that are real life when a tragedy like this happens and what you have to deal with going forward. It's about a loving mother, a loving brother, a loving sister who had to be by Michael's side uh, as he starts to recover from losing people that were like family to him as well. We are going to do our best to handle this in the way that I would handle it for my kids, Freddie's kids, Channing's kids. This is family to me. And so um, for us, this is very important. Uh, happy Dad, DraftKings, we thank you for your sponsorship. To all of those who watch our show, we're very grateful. And uh, we hope that we do this show justice um, and, you know, the friends that you have lost. I think, first off, I am um, just so glad you're still here, bro. You know, for uh, to wake up, see a text at 140 from Jordan. Uh, it wasn't a lot written. Just said that Mike was shot. And, you know, to not know, to know the, the moms of that football team you played on in high school, you high, were rallying around Brenda, to know G was a part of it, to know all the boys were on FaceTimes and the prayers. And, you know, we're just so 
so grateful that you're still here. I think the first thing I would have you do and just ask you to do, because so many don't know what you went through. And I remember being pissed off for days. Like, I know Mike was there. I know he's hurting. I know he's shot. And obviously, it was more about who did it and why and who didn't make it. Can you just take us through the events of November 13th, you know, 2022? Well, first off, I want to thank y'all for giving me the, you know, the opportunity and the space to, you know, share this, share this story. Because um, I know it affected a lot of people who weren't directly connected to anyone on campus or anyone on the team. I just wanted to thank y'all to start. Uh, November 13th started off as a great day. Um, I was with my boy, Deshaun Perry. Uh, it was my first time in DC. He was begging me to come on the field trip for like two weeks. Um, I didn't really want to go, uh, you know, focus on football, finishing the season. Um, just had other, other things on my mind, but he, he was, um, uh, he was kept reminding me and kept asking me to come on the field trip. So it was my first time in DC, never saw a play. So I look forward to it. I wanted to go, I enjoyed the professor. Um, and it, it was really a blessing because the morning of a spot opened up and for the field trip. And so I was able to go, I was able to enjoy it. Um, and it was a, really a normal day. We went to see the ballad of Emmett Till, never really saw, um, a whole story of Emmett Till's life. I always knew that it was a tragedy, how he died and everything, but just to see the, the light he brought to everyone around him and the impact he had in you know, the short years he lived, um, just seeing that play, um, I was really happy I went, really happy I spent that time with uh, my boy Deshaun. Um, I can vivid, vividly remember after the play me and him just standing outside, you know, downtown DC, outside the theater, just uh, just taking it all in. Um, it was freezing cold. Um, I was just telling him how glad I was that he pulled me out the house. You know, we always cancel on stuff like, oh, it'll it'll come back around or uh, we'll go next time. But uh, we really had a good time this time. We went to go eat some uh, Ethiopian food right after. Uh, before getting on the bus, so you know some uh, good culture. Uh, we had a good time. I'm not gonna say I liked everything, but uh, it was a good time. I gotta say that it was a good time, and it's it's hard to think about that um, in hindsight. Like on this end of everything, on this end of the tragedy, it's hard to think of the the really the the important times that we had right before. Um, but you had great play, great dinner. We got back on the bus, um, you know, the kids singing gospel, my classmates, they weren't my classmates, but at the end, by the end of the trip, you know, they became a part of the class, became a part of the family. Um, because like I said, I just had slipped in that field trip on accident, really. Um, but yeah, on the way back, kids singing gospel, I'm overdoing my homework. Um, most of my teammates are sleeping in the back because we had practice the next morning. So a lot of people were, were just sleeping or I was doing homework, trying to finish up finals. Yeah, and I was, I was around about the bus because I didn't know a lot of people. So I was, you know, getting up, talking. I was helping the, the professor pick up the snacks or carry boxes. I was helping out a little bit. So I was never really stationary, but a lot of people were. But once we got, it was like a two hour ride, two and a half hour ride on that bus. Um, so we're pulling back into campus. 
and I'm packing my stuff up. Uh, I was gonna wake up my teammates, but you know, I'm just letting them sleep. And I moved to the front to help the professor, you know, pick up bags and we're gonna, I was gonna help her carry them to her car wherever she needed them. Um, but yeah, I packed my stuff up, moved to the front. And as soon as we we're about to stop, I just hear, you know, a lot of a lot of gunshots. I didn't know it was gunshots at the time, but because I was on a field trip, I didn't really expect to hear gunshots. I I know we had like bags of chips, possibly some balloons, something, anything but gunshots. But uh, I did see Lavelle, who's a very, he was a very tall human, very big human. Um, he had on a bright orange hoodie. And when I seen him fall, and I see, I saw the guy's name was Chris who had the gun on the bus, him standing over Lavelle and just, you know, overkill. Um, at that moment is where like, I don't know, it's just fight or flight. It's really a fight or flight. And you never really expect to be in a situation like that. Never expect to, I mean, it felt like a dream, honestly. Um, and I can just remember um, pushing past my teacher because she was just in shock, pushing past getting to the bus driver and like really telling him to open the door, stop the bus. Cause like I said, he was cruising at like five miles per hour. We're about to pull into the, wherever we parked to get off the bus cause we were on campus. But yeah, just in that moment, just knowing all my teammates are at the back and all I see is, I can only see Lavelle with his orange hoodie on, but I just saw him on the ground just, and I saw overkill and I can, I didn't know why, I didn't know, I mean, I just couldn't really think straight in that moment. But once I finally got the bus stop, took me a while, took some choice words from me to the bus driver to get him to understand that, you know, he gotta stop, we gotta let these kids off. Um, but when I finally got him to stop the bus and open the door, me and my teammate, we got off real quick. He was gone. He was no turning back. Uh, and I don't blame him for it. Yeah, in that moment, I just I just saw me and Mike get off the bus and I I knew I'm, I didn't get off with who I got on with in that moment. So, and like I said, my, my boy Deshaun was the only person on my mind in that moment. Um, my bad, but. Guitar. Yeah, I went back to that bus to, just to, I don't even know. In that moment, it's just, it was a reaction. And I went back to get my brothers off, get my classmates off, see what was going on. I don't really know in that moment right, right now, but I knew I was headed back to the bus. And as soon as I turned around and like took maybe two or three steps, I saw Chris coming off the bus and he had a gun in his hand. Um, and in that moment, you know, we locked eyes and I didn't, I couldn't really, I just felt so hopeless in that moment. Just so like, I don't, I can't even explain it because it felt like he had all the power in that moment, even though that I've never been a really a vulnerable person ever, um, physically. Um, just being an athlete, I always prided myself on, you know, being more physical. But in that moment, I just, 
I had nothing to do. I couldn't do anything. I knew my boys were in there. Just I didn't know what they were going through. I didn't know if they were alive, if they were breathing. But once we locked eyes, it felt like all that went through my mind before I could take off running. But yeah, in one motion, it was like shoes off, book sack, phone, anything I was holding just fell. And I was running, but I can see him lift the gun as soon as I turned. Um, all I could do at that moment was pray. And I did feel him hit me in my back. And, but he was gonna have to hit me more than once for me to stop, because I was, you know, I was still running, still running. I ran through a parking garage. I went up like a floor and a half. And I looked back and I didn't see him chasing me anymore. So I made my way back down to the bus area. Still feeling like I was in a movie or something. I looked down and got a bullet hanging out of my stomach. And I don't know, I just, all I could remember was being on the field trip five minutes ago and about to go home 10 minutes ago and, you know, laughing and listening to gospel music in the back of the bus 15 minutes ago. And it just felt like stuff was just happening so fast. Um, but I met a pre-med student at the bottom of the parking garage who, you know, really, she took me in, laid me down, kept me calm until the ambulance, ambulance got there. Like I still remember she came to see me in the hospital. Um, but in that moment, I just, I had all the questions in the world with no answers. And I woke, I wake up two and a half days later, what, you know, 36 staples, tube in my throat. Can't really, still no answers to anything. Um, my teammates, family, they've been grieving for two days without me. Wake up way behind the eight ball. I don't know anything, don't really. It was tough waking up in that hospital two days later, um, but I knew I was blessed. And I knew that um, I was here for a reason. Um, I don't know why. And, you know, I pray every morning, cry every night, just, you know, battling that, that why, the why part of it. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much, pretty much what I got. You mentioned uh, Lavelle Davis. Mm -hmm. uh, there's also Devin Chandler. Devin Chandler. Uh, Deshaun Perry, um, your close friend. And um, in listening to you speak about getting off the bus, we said it was you and your teammate, and he takes off running. And like you said, he, he was out. And, and so, you know, when talking to people, everybody's like, Mike's always been like that. He's been a protector, whether it was his homeboys or his friends at school, his mom, Deuce, Eb. It was always like Mike wanted to take care of everybody. In two different times, you said, I went back, right? You got off the bus, you were going back. That's when you say you saw Christopher Jones right. coming off the bus with the gun. You said you get away, you realize he's not chasing you anymore, and then you run back again. When you're running back the second time, why are you trying to go back to what you just got away from? Yeah. 
You know you need protein to fuel results, but it's not easy when you're drinking the same bland chalky shake every day. Stop punishing yourself and get to GNC for the best protein in the game, including all the hottest brands and crave-worthy flavors that'll keep you coming back for more. We're talking protein that legit tastes like cookies, your favorite cereals, indulgent desserts, and more. So bust out of your protein rut and actually look forward to those shakes with unbeatable protein at unbeatable prices. Fuel your fitness with protein at GNC. Honestly, it was... I think it, I was try, I was going back to just out of curiosity and that I needed help. I knew I needed, I didn't have my phone, I didn't have my book sack. I was really going back just to see what was going on, see if anyone was, else was hurt or if everyone got off the bus um, and just to get an ambulance. But yeah, going, I mean, going back both times was, very hard and I didn't know what to expect when I got back. Um, but like I said, the second time I went back, she helped me out and got me to the ambulance. So kept me calm until the ambulance got there. Oh man, something that hit me, you say you don't know like, the whys of it. I don't think it's a coincidence that the first person you see is a pre-med pre student. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. You say you pray a lot, like mm -hmm. not, not taking, you know, taking it away and saying, you know, this is wild. I'm right. just saying, man, like, listen, you talk, Big man watching out for you. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And so that's the thing. And to be, and it's fun. You're not young. You're a grown man. Hey, your beard look better than mine. But uh, <laughs> but you're you're still a kid, right. man. Yeah. And like, kids shouldn't have to go. Through should that not now. have to go through that. And like, just from now, and I know it's only it's a month. To the day. How how have you grown from that? Like, did you did you have to grow up fast? Like, it's nothing that you could control, but it just it seemed like it had to change you. Somehow. Right. It's tough. It's day by day. It comes in waves, and when it comes, you feel, you know, so weak. You can't. You you really. You can't really control your emotions when they hit you. Um, and one thought I was having, just thinking about, you know, on the airplane and stuff on the way here, just uh, when I was before all this happened, I always thought that tragedy would make you stronger. Like as soon as you start recovering, you can feel yourself getting stronger, but. Man, it feels like the opposite right now. It's like, dang. Like it's, it does make you stronger though because it makes you more resilient, makes you more, um, it just makes you have to, have to just move on. Moving on makes you stronger. Um, it's just getting to that point. Like right now I'm still in the, some days I'm great, some days I'm smiling, but the next day I can just be feeling like it happened yesterday. Um, so just building up that mental strength to just to keep going, um, just to be strong for the ones around you. Um, and another thing it's made me better with is just showing my emotions to you know the people I love, telling the people I love, I love them. And like, I mean, a few months ago, I wouldn't tell my boys, but when I leave, you know, I love you, bro, you know? Mm -hmm. Can't wait to see you again, but you better believe I do now, and it and it means a lot more. Um, I've grown in you know my friendships uh, in a lot of places, and I I just I know I will continue to grow, but right now it's just still kind of fresh. So um, the growth is is tough and it's painful right now. You know the saying they say God don't make you strong. 
Right. He put you in situations that strengthened you. Mm-hmm. So whatever those, yeah. whenever they do come to you, you know what I'm saying? You take it from there because right. everything we done been through at, at our age and nothing like you've been through at your age, but all those events is what makes you the man you are. Mm-hmm. So, and you already a hell of a dude. Right. I just I just know what this going to do for you. Right, Mike, you, uh, you said you uh, woke up, you had 36 uh, staples. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like I like numbers. I'm weird like that sometimes. And I know the number 36 is uh, the significant to balance, transition, and, and living a comfortable life. Mm-hmm. I think putting things in perspective is a direction that you will eventually travel down. Understanding how fragile life is. And uh, that brings me to ask you, you say you woke up two days after the event had occurred. At what point did you realize that you had lost them, all of your friends? As soon as the tube came out of my throat, as soon as it came out, I was asking where you know, my teammates were. Um, I was also writing on a notebook or notepad. I didn't even notice until, you know, I woke up and I heard stories about Monday and Tuesday um, because I didn't really remember any of it, but I was writing down names and whatever else on a clipboard because I couldn't talk and I had these mittens on my hand. So I was asking, all the way up until I woke up. But once I found out, man, it was, it was like a pain I never felt before. Uh, I cried, I cried hard, real hard. That's all I could, I mean, man, it was like nothing, no one, nothing could help me in that moment. Like nothing, no one could say anything, give me anything, or I just wanted to press press rewind, man. I just, it felt so surreal. Like, I can't even explain it sitting here right now. It's just, man, it felt like a video game or something. Like I just couldn't, it didn't make sense to me. I couldn't imagine that it was me going through this, me so close to such a tragedy, because it's something you hear about, you know, around the world or, like, dang, that's crazy. Like, man, glad it wasn't me, but when it was me, it was, I couldn't deny that God had his hand on my life, though, I will say that. Like, that's something that I couldn't deny. Sitting in that hospital for, I was also in there for seven days. Mm-hmm. I got on the seventh day, so that means a lot to me as well. Just knowing that and trusting that no mistakes were made and God has a plan. Um, that's the that's the hard part. Mm-hmm. When you mention Deshaun and your guys' closeness, it obviously brings me back to thinking about you in high school. Mm-hmm. And you know, you were at least at that age, when if kids could be alpha males and still be little dependent brats, you know what I mean? You were on the team, I mean, Christians in the NFL mm-hmm. already. So many of you guys got Division I scholarships, state champions. But when I think about that team, to me, you were the guy, right? If anybody points to the, the heart, the, the soul, the, the toughness, the identity of that group of friends, I always think of you and obviously think of Jordan. Um, hearing that you went back didn't surprise me at all. Knowing that you would be okay, at least physically soon, was never a question for me. 
but I also know at 43, and Chan's almost 40, Freddie T's a couple of years older than me, is that we don't get to heal by ourselves, right? Um, obviously, you have an amazing mother. The, the things that I've watched Brenda sacrifice and the things that I've watched her do and just knowing how she was there for you, everybody understands what she would give to make sure her baby was okay. Since that time, though, Mike, what have you been doing to try to make sure you are healing emotionally, that mentally you are coming to a place that, and I want to be very clear because I'm not trying to make this okay, what happened, you may never truly understand, but at least understand enough so you can now be okay. What have you been doing to try to help yourself get there? Well, first off, uh, just communicating with my sports psychologist on the team. Uh, in the hospital, I even had one that given uh, a sign to me um, just so I can talk to when I need it. Uh, my team chaplain, um, he's been there all, all along the way. Me and Deshaun were real close with him. So it was just, man, it hit us real hard. So um, just keeping the ones close that that you know have that same emotional attachment as me has really helped and just talking to those parents those mothers those sisters those dads those brothers of the of the teammates that i lost mm -hmm. um man that's it's a really hard part but it's, it's refreshing every time mm -hmm. every single time um because they're so strong and just seeing their strength and just seeing my mom, Deshaun's mom, um, Lavelle's mom, and Devin's, just seeing those, you know, black women come together in this tragedy, man, it's, it's awesome. But for these circumstances, it, it kind of sucks. But, um, man, just it, every day, it, it, it's easier. It gets easier to just maintain, like, a level head, level emotions, but like I said, when he comes back, when those emotions hit, it's, I can't control them. Um, I gotta cry and I, and I don't, I don't hold back anymore. I usually, you know, hold back those tears, hold back everything, just, you know, let it bottle up. But like I said, this experience, I, I can't, I have no more control over my emotions. But just sticking close to my, you know, my mom, my sister, um, just talking. When I, when I feel like just something's on my mind or um, I'm getting really emotional or I'm moody one day, just those days are the hardest, but I gotta try to maneuver and see how I combat those days or you know, turn those days around because right now it just feels like my world is moving in slow motion mm. and everyone else is, you know, they're moving full speed and that's that's tough to see because it it kind of um, kind of lose a little bit of motivation because you're you feel like you're like I said earlier behind the eight ball you're you're behind everyone because you witnessed and experienced this tragedy that no one else can understand but you but it kind of feels like no one really cares really like mm -hmm. no one really like they know what happens and they feel bad but like I said there's nothing that they can actually do to make things better. Um, 
And just having that on your mind is just, it's tough at times. But um, like you said, my support system being there and just letting them know how I feel in those times, which is really hard, but because um, it's hard to really grasp your emotions or it's hard to deliver your emotions in a way that people understand. Um, because I can sit here all night and say, you know, I'm sad, it sucks. I, you know, I miss my brothers, but you, no one can really understand the depth of what I feel. Um, so just, you know, prayer and my support system is, you know, what I'm holding close to right now. I want now. you to think about something, and this is as your uncle. First of all, you can call me whenever, anytime you want. But as you were telling the story and saying that, you know, Deshaun was kind of begging you to go and you mm -hmm. didn't want to go, or that so many times, and we all do this, yeah, I'm gonna come, and, and then you decide not to come. Mm -hmm. He was going to be there. That was his trip, right? And you know he kept asking you, might come. And then all of a sudden, now a spot opens up. Obviously, until the tragedy happens, you talk about how great of a day it was to spend with him. Mm -hmm. I know you're gonna ask questions, why, what happened. The one thing you should be sure of is that God had his hand and has his hand on your life and you were supposed to be there. You, you weren't supposed to be left living this life thinking, why wasn't I on that trip? What could I have done differently to save my friend? What was he going through when I should have been there with him? You were there and you went back for him. Nobody the rest of your life will ever be able to tell you that that wasn't your heart, that wasn't your intentions, that wasn't, or that wouldn't be what you would have done. There are gonna be people that sit around and say, well, if I was there, I would have done this, or if I was there, Dog, you were, in the, you were in the fight and you didn't run away. And the first thing you said was you had to go see where he was and see what was going on with him. Like that's real love. Like there are people, man, who grow up and live an entire life and never truly experience that. You should be grateful for that because that's gonna make you so much better at loving the rest of the people in your life. Like there was nothing in that moment that he could do for you. Right. And instead of saying, I'm gonna go save me and I'm gonna get clear, you went back. And so I think when, what has to happen is that's never gonna be a memory you could forget. You have to start to turn those memories around to make them make enough sense for you to know that God's plan was executed and that you were a major part of it, and you're still a major part of it, and that's why you're here. That turning around and going back, it wasn't a conscious thought in your mind to go, you just had to. Yeah. Right. Like, for your heart, you had you had to go back and do that. So, kind of the same thing I was saying, man, just hearing it out the horse's mouth, really, and hearing what you're saying, like, we just had a guest on that said, it, uh, that has, things had to be caught and not taught. Right. You could tell somebody that all day. Right. Something goes down, go back. Go get your boy. Mm -hmm. Be there. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. A lot of folks gonna haul ass. You know what I'm saying? Right. Oh, fight or flight. As majority is gonna flight. And something right. put in you, I would say, by your parents, your mother, your father. I, I've read some articles, they were speaking for you when you mm -hmm. couldn't. And your mom 
flat out already said she forgives already when you land in the hospital, just seeing the pedigree that you come from, that you caught that in your life. Mm. Nobody told you to do that. Right. Subconsciously, that's what's in you. Spiritual person I am, that's that's the Lord in you. He had his hands on you. Mm. But that story, what you just told, I'm going to tell that story. Mm -hmm. So that, that whole situation you lay out, that's going to be told in households, in locker rooms, in different places. You don't even have a privy that is going on just to explain somebody's heart like yourself. And when I was reading also, man, you know the old saying, uh, give me my flowers when I'm still here. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? After right. Nip died and everybody wants to show love to Nip and different people, different things happen. Now everybody want to say how much they were. When I'm reading articles, man, and your, 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 your running back coach, your head coach, your parents, your teammates, they're talking about you, bro. Like, I want my son to grow up to be <laughs> like Mike, you know what I'm saying? Like Mike, I want him to be that. So yeah, the spinning that negative, the positive, bro, it's a lot. As I read the story and did research, I almost forgot why I'm reading this story about this great man, to be honest. So, you know what I'm saying? To take that and really, like you say, spin that, spin that narrative, man, it has to be there because it's something special in you, bro. Real talk. Appreciate it. I'm that. just sitting here and, and thought, I got a million things swirling in my mind. A lot of things I, I, I hesitate to ask due to insensitivity, you know, at this stage in the situation and, and in, your, in your personal recovery. Um, I, I don't know. I, I'm just this thinker, right? And I want to ask you the, the, something that doesn't necessarily cross the line. Um, and I say that because first time meeting you, but I absolutely care about you. I'm thankful that we are able to share this space with you because you hear about these stories, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, but to be here with a survivor, I live in Florida, maybe 15 minutes away from Parkland, the shooting that occurred down there. And um, you know what I hear a lot of is the students talking about survivor's remorse, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and those experiences. You spoke about, you know, the, the, your, your friend's parents and, and your mother, you know, having strong black women. I know it's early, but what keeps, you know, you, you, you focused and like what's, um, like what, what drives you right now to not creep, you know, to that side of things? Honestly, man, just the, what I used to tell Lavelle at practice in period 19 or what I used to, me and Deshaun used to talk about until 2 a.m., 3 a.m., just, those connections and those conversations and those, man, me and Deshaun had some late night talks and for days and days and years and years, just all those goals and aspirations we've had and just me pushing Lavelle every day, knowing he's gonna be in the NFL one day and gonna be great and not being able to see that. Mm. Just little things like that and Devin, just his, his personality, his, the light he brought to every room, um, just all those flames that I had, I had the privilege to be a part of, just keeping them lit, just finding a way to, to let them shine through me is the, that's a huge, huge motivation for me because I mean, if I, if I roll over now, then I mean, I wouldn't be justifying their life because it's just, they had so much, so much more life and so much. They are so bright, uh, so young and just 
I wouldn't feel feel right. It wouldn't be me to roll over and not not keep their flame lit, um, fan their flame, and never let it never let it flicker or anything. I just I wanted to just I wanted to be as if they're still here, and I just I don't know how I'm gonna do it, but my motivation is to get to the heights and exceed the heights that they they envision for themselves, that they envision for me. Um, I just never want to disappoint, you know, my best friend from the first day I stepped on campus. I got to keep that flame lit. That, that's it. Simple just, as that. I just saw you um, retweet the graduation medal, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, in, in celebration of your friend. Uh, take us through that day. Man, it was, I didn't know he had received his honorary graduation or uh, diploma until like a day or two after. So man, it it was tough because I didn't know if his family was gonna ever um, receive a diploma with his name on it after the years of work he put in. Um, We were just talking about how he wouldn't be able to walk across the stage with me. Uh, me and my boy Aaron Famui, he's from Hawaii. Uh, me, him, and me, Aaron, and Deshaun were like the three musketeers. You couldn't really separate us at all. So um, I graduated early. Aaron arrived early. So we were walking across the stage together. But Deshaun, he was an art major. Mm-hmm. So he had a few more classes to finish up next spring. So we were just talking about how, dang, you know, we won't, we won't be able to walk across the stage together. but. You know, we're going to get it done. We're going to graduate. We're going to celebrate, you know, like it was going to be nothing. Um, Because my boy Aaron, the island boy, he's a, he want a barbecue for everything. (laughs) I mean, man, I don't know if y'all been around those islanders, but they want a barbecue for everything. Polynesians like to eat. Yeah, they just like to eat. So we used to barbecue for everything. So, man, we had a barbecue lined up. And it was really only me, Aaron from Hawaii, he has a wife, so it was only me, him, his wife, and Deshaun all the time, you know, barbecuing, anything, you know, just really in each other's presence because, uh, I mean, we were really all we had, um, but man, we just had plans for, you know, a big barbecue, um, walking the stage. Uh, but I remember texting Miss Happy Happy Perry to Sean's mom. I don't know if it was the morning of, the morning after, but uh, just, you know, sending her a few pictures I had of Deshaun, me and Deshaun, um, and just letting her know that, like I was just telling you, I'll never let his flame die, you know. Um, just, I really want her to know how the, the impact her son had on me. And man, it's just, How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Uh, it's tough. 
It's tough because it's something that we talked about since first year graduating. But I'm, I'm just happy I did it. I'm happy I did it. We're older and we've all lost people. Um, friend of mine also uh, passed in college. He took, his, he took his own life. We went to play baseball at the park together. We went to Shaw together. He was my host when I went to LSU, um, you know, and so I understand trying to keep those, those flames alive, but also just honor what a person meant to you. And I think when you also know or you love somebody and like you see all the greatness in them, you just want the world to know. You know, it's like, man, I wish, you know, I, I wish my kids could meet Uncle Deshaun or and you, you're gonna tell, like you're gonna tell those stories forever. Um, and I certainly don't want to be insensitive, but you're here, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it's, and it's to the Chandler family, to the Davis family, obviously to the Perry family. Like, I, I do grieve, mm -hmm. right? Because you know, because the first thing that happens is Mike's okay, and you like for a second you forget other people are involved because you're so happy your people are right. And then you also remember, like you said, Miss Happy, she had to get that other call. Mm -hmm. When you look at what you want to do, though, going forward, whether it's ball, becoming a father, how excited are you that you are still here? Because I, you, you do have to deal with the past and you do have to grieve and all that. But then, too, like you keep saying, you know, like every morning you wake up. That statement mm -hmm. should mean something totally different to you now. Right? Like, we take that for granted. Exactly. Right? Like, the yeah. clock go off. I'm like, I'm about to snooze this. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Now, every morning that clock goes off, you are still here. When you think about that, man, how excited are you about what you can now accomplish in the future in honoring your friends? Man, life just seems, like you said, I don't take anything for granted anymore. And it's... I just go around and I see people who do or people who weren't affected. And it's just, I'm just glad my eyes have been open. Rough circumstances, but my eyes have been open. Like I was saying earlier, the many conversations me, me and my teammates would have about our future. Um, and just, I don't know, I just wanna make them as proud as possible with my future. I just feel like so many more doors have opened, so many more opportunities have opened for me um, that I feel like I, I, I have to accomplish now. I like guess a, a lot more determination and drive now because I have a, a, my why just tripled. Mm -hmm. So my, my will tripled, everything tripled, desire to, to win or in any arena that I'm in just tripled. So. I just know once I, I overcome, you know, the grief stage and recover mentally, physically, that, man, I'm going to be, I mean, like you were saying earlier, just way, you know, tougher, more, more mentally uh, stable. Um, just I can't really picture what I will be, but I just know God turns trash to treasure. And I, yeah. I know that that on the other end of this tunnel, when I, when I come out of the darkness, that the, the grass will be greener and, and um, there, there will be so much more to life that I, I can't really see right now because I'm in, in like a fog, but um, 
I can only I can only picture myself uh, with my my teammates living through me in as many ways as possible. Man, like Deshaun was an artist. I might go learn how to play the, play the piano in a few months. I don't know, just Enjoy stuff like it, that. Man. Just yeah. like I don't know, just I'm thinking of the new things that Deshaun loved, or that Lavelle loved, or Devin loved that I might implement, that I have been thinking about implementing, but. You know, now that they're gone, that is, re I really want to implement in that, implement that into my life. Um, and just journaling. One of my psychologists told me about journaling, about you know, the, some happy moments, or you know, the moments you remember having with the, you know, the ones you lost because they go in an instant and you will never get them back. So just. You know, having a, a running running journal of, you know, times you can go back and laugh, times you can go back, you know, cry, whatever you want. Just having those memories on paper really, you know, helps you later on in life so you don't take any steps backwards. You just continue to move forward, build, and also, you know, bring the, the pieces of your past relationships that you want to stay with you, um, just bringing them with you. So I, I implement that, and like I said, I just see myself with them living through me in the future. Mike, you know, you mentioned the the, the staples, and um, and you know, finally waking up two days later and being in that state. The 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 first Mike I ever remember playing football, mm -hmm. right? Uh, Dylan Moses is on the team. Mm -hmm. You know, I had just moved. We had just started moved back yeah. there. Like. That's all I'd ever heard. Dylan Moses, he was on the cover of ESPN, mm -hmm. the magazine. And then, you know, so I was like, well, Dylan's going to be the starting running back. And you play a couple of games. And I was like, golly, he might not have to play running back. Like, they could play, you know, they could play Mike. He's a freshman, mm -hmm. but it's still. And I remember we were in Mandeville. And I think your butt was hurt or something like that. Tailbone. Yeah. <laughs> tailbone. Your tailbone was hurt. We couldn't move the football. Mm -hmm. Right? We couldn't move the football. We in the red zone. You know, old Mahaffey. <laughs> old Mahaffey looks down. We just gonna put Mike in. He hurt. We don't care. Put him in tub. So I was like, okay, it's cool. We get the fourth and one. Ah, we just gonna put him back out there. Put you yeah. back out there. They get, you know, they get penetration. You spin out fifty. You get another touchdown. After being so physically dominant throughout your life, right? And then now feeling the effects of what you've gone through physically, what yeah. you've literally gone through. How is that recovery going for you? It's tough. It's tough walking down the street and knowing just how vulnerable I am, just knowing if something pop off, I'm, I'm useless. I can't really do anything. I can't run. I can't just not really being, never being vulnerable that I can remember and then being extremely vulnerable in the, in the snap of a finger is just, it's tough. It's tough for an athlete for sure. Um, but the physical, the physical recovery, that has by far been the easiest part for me. Mm. Like physical recovery has never been a, tr a problem for me, uh, just being an athlete, uh, but it is internal. So that, that's a difference for me. I've never really been cut open twice and you know, had two huge surgeries in a matter of 24 hours, but um, just, I had to change my appetite. Well, my appetite changed. I, I can't, I was just joking with my mom earlier. I ate four slices of pizza and I haven't done that 
in weeks. So uh, just just changing my you know my palate. My palate's completely changed. I haven't really eaten as much dairy until tonight, or like red meat, or anything that'll really make my intestines work. Mm. The physical part, like I said, has been by far the easiest part for me. Um, but the mental is just, it's every day. Um, I mean, every day I wake up, it, it's, it's there. Uh, it's just a battle though. But luckily I'm almost done with this physical part. All the staples out. No more, you know, gas pockets all night from my stomach having to you know, learn how to digest again. Uh, so, yeah, the physical part is I'm almost in the clear. It's just the mental I'm focused on. And man, just talking about the stuff you've done, the mental side of it, stuff you've done. You brought up a psychiatrist, a psychologist, mm-hmm. a pastor. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. like you're, who's spearheading the recovery? Not the physical. Doctor's going, going like you're saying, yeah. I don't know what a gas bag is and all uh-huh. that stuff, you know? I didn't even know you had to learn how to digest again. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's all information. Because yeah. you have all your stuff, Channing. Not all of us. Oh, yeah. He ain't got no insides. You fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he ain't got nothing inside that belly. <laughs> but, uh, but like, who, who's the person? Is it your parent? Was it UVA? Like, mm-hmm. really, somebody give somebody some flowers because it seemed like you have everything at your fingertip for mental and physical recovery. Right. Uh, man, I got to start with God for putting all these people in place that I can reach them. Um, my mom, she's been there. My grandmother, my sister, my all my immediate family, they've been there making sure I had, you know, everything. I never really had to worry about um, having someone to talk to, having someone there when I woke up, having everything in order. Um, and that's a blessing because I wouldn't be able to get it done in these times anyways. I can't my mind ain't even working right. So I'm glad I have those, like my mom, like I said, my mom's sister, everyone in my immediate family that has just, you know, put things in order for me. Um, but starting with my mom and God that they're getting everything done in these times right now. Them two gonna be there for you. Oh, my, mom and God, <laughs> yes, mom and God gonna be there. Right. You know what, something else too. Just, man, this is intriguing to me. I'm watching this like I'm watching a movie, just hearing you talk. From, we've been through tragedies. Mm-hmm. We you know we've had people, you know, lost people in our lives, and the old saying, "Everything happens for a reason." I have had to tell two mothers of um, miscarried children, mm-hmm. and going up to people, to you know, saying to, right. to say, you know, saying say a baby that hadn't, even, uh, you know, took a breath yet, God did that for a purpose. It's kind of it's a mm-hmm. it's a tough conversation to have with people. So, I wanted to ask you, from a from a an OG like us, or a family member, or somebody that is dealing with a young man that's been through what you've been through, mm. what do what do we tell you? What what would mm. give the advice to somebody that is dealing with somebody with that trauma? What would you want to hear? If I met you down in the in the in the mm-hmm. lobby and I knew the story, what would you want to hear from somebody just trying to help? Uh I can I can speak from experience. It's just, you know, after the fact, I'm moving around in Charlottesville, you know, maybe in you know, going to the store, big sporting goods or something like that. Um, and just people coming up to me and, you know, saying, I heard your story. Um, and I think just acknowledging the emotional impact that it has is like, that's the, 
because like I said, I feel like no one can can really feel the emotions that I have. So just acknowledging that those emotions right off the bat, letting you know whoever know that you know how deep these emotions run and how how hurt you can really be from whatever situation. Um, that that's the best you know the best thing that I can hear personally. Just someone saying, you know, Mike, I know that you might need someone to talk to. Um, just advice, never, you know, never let anything bottle up. Just simple, simple little things that, you know, keep people going. Um, I don't really like, you know, someone saying, you know, I heard what happened, you know, you know, I'm sorry about what happened. Cause you know, you hear that, you hear that all the time, but I don't know, just like the genuine, you know, I'm there whenever you need. Uh, I know your mental can be shaken up right now. Um, and I also will give you space if you need. So just, and it doesn't have to be every day, every week. It's just that one genuine, you know, I'm there with anything emotional or anything mental. Because the physical, like I said, your body, it repairs itself. So it's something that you don't really have to think about physically recovering, but you really have to think about mentally recovering. And um, just having someone just to talk to is just, because it can be talked to about the football game in a few days or tomorrow. It doesn't have to be the situation. Um, just, you know, someone there to talk to, because that's really all you need in these times. It's all you can do, because, you know, nothing else will really help. And lightening things up a bit, you said the word battling. The mm -hmm. uh, Sean also attended a high school mm -hmm. of another legend, Gulliver Prep, yeah. Sean Taylor. Yeah. Um, Tell me you used to win more one-on-ones, man. Oh, Blitz yeah. pickup, one-on-one routes. You, man, you had to bake him a couple oh, times, yeah. right? He knows it. He knows it. <laughs> we had to, man, we would stay after, because he was, he was he, a He hybrid. had to be a dog now. Yeah. He out of Gulf Player uh -huh. of the Year in Miami. Ain't yeah. He? That he ain't was, easy. He was. I mean, he played hand in the ground, hand up. He could drop back to Mike Will. He mm. could, he played outside, I mean, everywhere. Right. So. Um, I can remember just, he would move from Bandit off the line to outside backer or Will, and he would have to work on his coverage. Mm -hmm. So I would have to, you know, stay after, you know, cook him up a little bit, tell him how to, you know, read, you know, if I'm trying to get leverage, right. get, you know, decipher what routes I could run from what leverage. Um, so I don't know, just, I did have to coach him up a bit, but. But you ain't giving him all the, the secrets. I couldn't. The one big <laughs> secret is, get your hands on me uh -huh. early. Yeah. You can't, you can't tell right. a linebacker that. No, I'd never give right, him that. Because, right. I mean, he would do it every time. And I right, would have, right. Nah, I couldn't. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was some, man, he was my boy now. Like, right. I can remember some kickoff returns where, I'm not sure if y'all heard anything about how he played, but he loved to play after the whistle. He would finish <laughs> after, way after the whistle. I mean, like he was- The echo he, or the whistle. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if he was dominating you, he, you would know. That's all I got to say. Like he would finish you no matter when the, when the whistle blew. Um, and he, you know, pulls a lot of people off of me from the pile. Got so many flags just because he really, he was his brother's keeper. Right. Uh, and it showed in the way he played and his effort. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I did, I had to cook him up a few times, right. educate him as well. 
But it's those memories that are priceless. It is. Right. It is. Right. Channing mentioned Brenda, your mother, you know, saying that she forgave. You explaining that moment to me, I'm, I'm envisioning it as you say it, like you saw him coming off and you say, you know, you felt hopeless mm -hmm. and like he had the power. Here's what I'll tell you. You were way more powerful than him in that moment. And not in the sense of who could win based off of what weapon you had mm -hmm. or didn't have, based off of who God made you, right? You've got an opportunity to talk about Deshaun, and it was so funny to hear. And you know, Freddie, y'all probably sit here and talk about running back play 30 minutes after this. He, I don't know if anything ever makes him happier uh, than that. And they obviously know, you know, since it's happened, I, all I ever talk about is how good of a football player uh, you are. Oh, I heard, I knew your stats <laughs> months ago, a month ago. Yeah. It, it tore him up when it happened and all, so right. he, he came to shooting. Well, he was rattling off your stats like you were Barry Sanders. Boy, this boy averaged 11 yards per carry in the playoff game. I'm like, damn. <laughs> and, you know, and so I just, one, I'm proud of you, you know, um, and I always will be. Like, I'm, I'm going to brag like that forever. Uh, probably brag about this more uh, and seeing you through. If you had an opportunity to say something to Chris, mm -hmm. right? And I think the, the hard part about our lives is we think about how things affect us and uh, you sometimes forget all the people involved, whether you see them involved in a positive way or a negative way. You know, everyone that was on that trip today and their families are living through this tragedy. If you had an opportunity to say something to him or deliver him a message, what would it be? First, I would say, um... Just did it ever cross his mind of how many people he would affect just in a matter of two minutes, how many people can be affected, not just the ones hit with the bullet, but the ones who love them. And also just, I mean, I hate to say why, but what, what provoked him or what was going on in his life that made him feel like he had, like that was the only way out, like that was his only answer. Just because I feel like just knowing those answers would help a lot of people in the future not make the same mistake. Um, but yeah, just because I can't imagine someone knowing the hundreds of people affected it's like if they knew hundreds of people would affect, would be affected if they would make that same decision. Um, so just asking him if he knew, like if he, it ever crossed his mind, the hundreds to thousands of people that would be affected. And, you know, what, what happened in the past? Was there anything that provoked him, made him feel like, you know, that was the only, only answer to his problem? Those are the two things I would ask him. I think there are gonna be a ton of questions that spawn from this. Uh, this is not gonna be the last time you're asked to talk about it. Um, Channing said he's gonna talk about it. Obviously, this is something we're all, we're all gonna share. Um, I've had the conversation for a month now in my house and on the phone, I think 
just hearing you talk about it at this young age, as fresh as it is, is inspiring. Whether it's going to be running a football, whether it's going to be running the government, whatever you're going to do, you're going to be successful. And we've all always known that. This is just another piece of the story. But the blessing is that that night wasn't the end of your story. Right. And it doesn't in any way take away from the memory of your friends, right? right. Uh, Devin, Lavelle, obviously Deshaun, you get to every day honor their memory by how you live. That's the, that's the only way you beat that night. If you, if you, if, if you ball up, if you, if, you don't, if you don't get out and go try to accomplish all your dreams, then he does win, right? Then Chris does have, he, you are right, he had the power and you were hopeless because you will let him win that way. But if you live and you love Brenda and Eb and, and Deuce, mm -hmm. the greatest human any of us has, have ever met, um, then you beat it. Right. Uh, I am proud of you. I'm sure my boys feel that out, man. Exactly. Amazing, Amazing person, bro. The same way. You are going to be uh, a big piece of why this show is what it is. I am so grateful you trusted us. Uh, Alicia, who is our producer, I trusted nobody more than her to, to do this, uh, to make sure you are seen as the hero you truly are. That is not a word used loosely. So, man, um, I love you. Love, too. Uh, keep oh, doing man. you, and we're going to be here, man. I appreciate it. Got something for Mike here. Uh -oh. ha a happy birthday gift. Happy birthday. You turn 22 here in a second. I am. I am. And I from one great it. Mike to another. Oh, I forgot about Mike that. Mike Tyson. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Mike Tyson, happy, the happy dad glove, happy dad, one of our sponsors. Thank yeah. you so much, happy dad and Mike. Mike Tyson. I appreciate you. Yeah. coming on. He wanted to show you some love. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you can see that. That's dope. Don't get hey. too close. That's the, I, I know, wonder, right? I wonder. The crazy thing, Mike's mom just said it. It says, Happy Dad. That was your friend's mother's name. Happy. Happy. Yep. It is. Look, well, listen. It is. If you can't say, look at God in this hour, <laughs> exactly. well, look at God. <laughs> look at God. <laughs> look at God. Yeah, look at him. Happy birthday, my I guy. I appreciate that. <laughs> When you're ready to build a winning team, let ZipRecruiter help you build a perfect roster. From accountants to zoologists, ZipRecruiter makes it easy to find the right job for you. Let ZipRecruiter narrow down your search. They have the greatest technology on the planet. You can filter, review, rate your candidates, all from one easy to use dashboard. You can try it free today at ZipRecruiter.com slash DraftKings. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash D-R-A-F-T-K-I-N-G-S. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Hold up. Limitless. Biggest to me, guy pinning it. I father here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, got me up. On the mission, got me up. Knowing me, I got the key. On the vision, I can trust. Trust. Limitless. Biggest to me, guy pinning it. I father here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, got me up.